I love seeing people learn something new and realizing that they have this gift that they maybe didn't believe they had. I'm Amanda from Seattle. We've got Whitney from Minneapolis and Aaron from Nashville. And we are here today on another episode of The Edit Weekly. And today we are going to be interviewing Whitney. We've heard some feedback that y'all want to get to know us a little bit more too. So today is the day to learn more about Whitney, her past to photography, what she what got her into the wedding industry. And at the end, we're going to talk about what it is she would do differently now that she is where she's at and all the experiences she's had. So here we go. Okay, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> we, let's let's kind of just dive into it. What is basically what was your path towards photography and like the wedding industry? Just, we're going to start you off there. So you know, back in the '90s when I was in high school, we had film camera, which it was expensive to buy film. But I would like me and my friends would like dress up like glamour shots, and I'd take. <laughs> Photo of them. I loved it. I still like, I can remember the images in my head. Um, but you know, I went to college, I studied art, always loved art, was going to be an art teacher, did photography courses. And, um, I loved my photography teacher. He was like one of those people where they like really believed in me. Um, which I think is, was like such an important thing, um, to get started. And I love that. And I think that was part of my inspiration to continue with photography. Mm -hmm. So I graduated, had my degree. I had a job offer to teach, uh, art in an elementary oh. school. Oh, wow. And I thought, you know, and I was living in Georgia and I said, you know what, I'm just going to move <laughs> to Nashville and wing it. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, I did not know that about oh, you. Yes. So I randomly found a place to stay. I was like, I'm going to start at Wolf Camera, mm -hmm. which is, you know, lab that is not around anymore. Started selling cameras, met a photographer who ran a studio and he hired me. And that was really how I had not thought about doing weddings until I started working with that studio and learned a lot of uh, traditional portrait posing and lighting, which I feel like gave me a really good foundation to then be more creative and eventually just started wanting to do my own thing. And so I just began doing weddings the way I wanted to. And back then that was 2000. I don't know, two or three. So it was a while back and it was before it was mostly male dominated when mm -hmm. I started. Yeah. Most of the wedding photographers were male, was very traditional. And I did more creative photography, which is very common now. We see so much creativity, which I love. So I was kind of a little bit different and started attracting clients that appreciated that. So that was the short version of how I got started. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and then, okay. So from there, I assume then you left the studio then to kind of do your own thing, right? Is that how that yes. kind of progressed? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so, so I, yeah. What did that look like? <laughs> um, it was, <laughs> there are some <laughs> things I should not share on air, <laughs> but I will tell you, um, I will say this. 
I proved a lot of the male photographers wrong. Mm -hmm. So I actually had a lot of pushback when I first started. And, um, you know, I, I don't like to badmouth anyone, but I, just to give you an example, when I, just in general, how things were in Nashville, when I would go to the camera store that was there, they would always treat me like I needed a lesson mm. or I would ask, you know, I'd want to rent a lens and they would say, I don't think you need that lens. It's too much. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, eventually my husband, Peter started working with me. So I taught him how to shoot and he did all the, he worked the books, did all kind of the organizational stuff. And we would go in together and it was, they would talk to him and they would say what, you know, and he would be like, no, my wife is the primary shooter. <laughs> um, and he had no qualms in saying that and like mm -hmm. saying, you know, this is her business. I help her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's I awesome. appreciated that. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, and then I, you were, I was going to say, you, you like grew from there though, right? Like it, mm -hmm. it wasn't just the two of you for very long. Like where, how did it go from there? Cause I know that you ended up having like not a studio space, but like, you became a studio. Yes. So when you sent me the questions, I really started to think about what was it that really inspired me to start an associate studio. And I really think it was this desire for community, which has been woven through everything I've done in business. Whenever I start something new, I'll start it by myself. And then I love collaborating. So Every, I end up just kind of forming communities around myself, sometimes um, not even on purpose. And <laughs> that's, that's what happened with, uh, with starting doing associates. I also love to teach so that my degree to be an art teacher really has come in handy. And so I would maybe teach a photography class or, you know, I decided, hey, I'm going to teach Peter how to uh, photograph this wedding so he can work with me. And then, yeah. you know, I have a friend that's interested in photography. Hey, why don't you come, you know, I'll teach you how to do this. And then, Hey, why, why don't you start working for me? <laughs> so it was <laughs> always, cause I loved collaborating. I loved, um, and I still love, I love seeing people learn something new and realizing that they have this gift that they maybe didn't believe they had. And almost everybody that worked with us, they started off saying, oh, I'm not really a photographer or I don't know what I'm doing. Can I really do this? And I absolutely love seeing people discover that part of themselves because I think it's something that's in all of us. I think creativity and imagination, um, no matter what path you take when you do that, it's we all have it. And so being able to see that kind of come to life is I love it. I love it. I love, I love that you're all about community because you didn't know this when we formed the podcast group of the three of us and Chris behind the scenes. Um, I had to, or I reminded you that December, I, well, I actually don't know what month, but at some point in 2010, probably I had owned a camera for just a handful of months and people, I had been taking photos and people had started asking me, you know, to take photos for them. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll make this a thing. Anyway, 
I totally, I know your experience from these Nashville camera stores because it wasn't just you. It was me <laughs> and friends of mine. We've all had the conversations about how you, we hated walking in there because we knew that we were going to feel like less than, but I, I thought there's gotta be, there's gotta be somebody out there that's willing to help. Right. So I Googled Nashville wedding photographers and you popped up and I emailed you all and said, hi, I'm wondering if I can, you know, I'm trying to start a photography business. I'm wondering if I could take you to coffee and pick your brain and your sweet husband, Peter emailed back. And he said, we're so flattered. We love that you're wanting to start this. We actually get this request often. Why don't you come to our photographer meetup that we host? Because at the time, and I don't know how long you had been hosting it at this point. So when did you start hosting that? I, I do not even remember. So I don't know if you've been doing it for a while or if it was brand new, but you invited me and it, it was so nerve wracking walking into like a room full of photographers and you don't know who's new and who's seasoned and who's friends and who's not, but everybody was so welcoming. And from that point on for many years, the Nashville photography community is what built my business. Like the education and the referrals and just the camaraderie, I I still feel like it's probably unmatched. Um, and you guys were such a big part of that. So I can sit here and say that I might not be a photographer today had Peter not invited me to that group that really got me into the community of helpers. So I couldn't wait to say that on this podcast episode that like... <laughs> I'm I'm kind of here because of Whitney and Peter. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And so like Aaron shared this, you know, just a few months ago and I got like chills and choked up and I just got chills and choked up again because that's like, ah, I just, there's, when you look at the world at large and there's this And I don't know if it's a stereotype or it's something that we've learned as women that we always have to like compete with each other and we see in business and it's so easy to see someone doing well and then just compare yourself. And, you know, there is like so much room for all of us. And when we decide that we're going to build each other up and then when one of us, whoever that us is, you know, and this isn't exclusive to women, but if one business does well, then they're going to help the entire community. They're going to help, you know, the entire industry. And so there's so much we can learn from each other if we're willing to share and encourage each other and like, cheer each other on. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, that's what I get to do. Like now when I'm working with Swift galleries is cheer on these photographers who are doing their business. And, um, I absolutely love doing it. And so that just, you know, it means so much to hear that. And I love that. I think it's like, I think it's a testament to just, you know, you don't have to like host a group or anything, but just like making one or two connections with Mm -hmm. people is absolutely so important. And it keeps you from feeling lonely and it just can make your business grow. That's a really, really huge thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you were saying, you felt like you, I mean, taking on associate photographers, like you wanted to create a community Mm -hmm. too. So going back to that, 
and the business that you had. How was that all structured? Like, I, I'm mm -hmm. sure we've got people that are watching and listening and reading the newsletter that are in a similar situation, whether they are already in a studio and they're making it work or they're thinking, Hey, I like this. I want to expand. So can you talk a little bit about really what that looked like? Were they employees? Mm -hmm. How did that work out? How did you all work together? How did you figure out who did what? I'm really curious about like that yeah. part of, of where your business went. Um, I am, I will absolutely go into that. However, I do want to say that starting an associate studio because you want community is a, just because of that is a terrible idea. <laughs> so when, when I, when I say what I would do different, if I start over, um, I, would I do an associate studio? I maybe, maybe not, but with that being my main goal, um, no. <laughs> And exactly. so I am going to share with you some things that I've learned and some things that we did that I think worked really well and will hope, hopefully help if you're curious, help you make a decision if this is good for you or not. But when you're running a studio, it is, you absolutely have to be solid in your plan. You have to be solid in your um office skills and your managerial skills, you, you are, these aren't just your friends that you can kind of do whatever things have to be very, very clear. They have, you have to realize you are, um, someone's boss and it is very difficult to have a really fun buddy, buddy relationship with someone and also be a good manager. Um, not impossible, uh, but there's like, you know, you can be a very, you know, overbearing leader. You could be someone that is a leader that uh, doesn't push enough. There's just a lot of leeway in there. Um, so, but if you go into it knowing that, and again, I'm not saying don't work with your friends. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> Clearly, that. as we yes. are. Yes. Doing this and right so here. we, uh, we had some of the photographers we worked with were contract. Okay. And some were employees. And, mm -hmm. um, we actually, Peter and I used to speak about having employees and all the things that are, that you need for that. Because when you have any sort of control over what they're doing, like what time, times they're working, um, whether they're going to do a wedding or not, if they don't have a choice, if they're going to do this wedding or not, they have to be an employee and photographers starting associate studios often will, or even just hiring out assistants mm -hmm. will think, Oh, there's several things that could go wrong. You could say, Oh, I'll just have an intern come do this for free. Having an intern, you, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> if someone is interning, when you get down to the legal necessities of this, if they are interning, then they are, um, has to be only to learn. You cannot have them doing your work for you. If they're doing that, you either need to, um, you have to pay them. Mm. Uh, so, and also ethically, do you really like who wants to yeah. work for free? You yeah. know? Yep. Um, 
And I can't get into all the details of that, but if you're going to start, like, look, look into that. And then, you know, two for an employee, when you have an employee, you are basically in charge of making sure this person is making a livable wage, Mm -hmm. uh, that they're able to represent who you are, who you want to be to the world. If you want them to take every wedding that you book, then so if you're going to have this consistent person that's there all the time and somebody's saying, hey, I want to book this person um, and you expect them to take the the job, then that has to be an employee. When you have expectations of somebody like that, they have to be an employee. And with that, you're going to have more paperwork, more um, tax laws. You're going to have to hire mm-hmm. an accountant to do this unless you know all of this. And so there's a lot that goes into that. We did work with, um, we have worked with a couple photographers that we hired as um, like contractors. Mm-hmm. So they already had their photography skills and their style. And, um, you know, but then they could go and book their own wedding. So maybe they end up getting really busy and you don't have them working for you anymore. Mm-hmm. And, So that's like the pro and con. So there were a lot of things I loved about having an employee, having that set up, but also when it comes to profit is everything you're, all the work you're doing for this person, booking weddings, training them. Is that what you want to be doing? Is that your life goal is Mm -hmm. to manage people? Is your life goal to manage people and to be willing to take loss of your own profit so that they can, you know, have a livable wage. And we absolutely did that. We sometimes did not pay ourselves to make sure we paid our employee. There were, you know, some months there that were really, really difficult. And it's something I didn't think of when I was like, I want a community. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so I'm just, you know, and that is the, that is like the really, really tough stuff about having associates. I have seen, there are some photographers that just, um, you know, I'm thinking about Joy Marie. Um, I don't know if you know Joy. She's in the Nashville area. And she is just this phenomenal photographer that has always, I want to swear, but I'm not going to, uh, (laughs) always had her stuff together. Um, And she has associates she works with. And she is like, on top of it. Now I haven't asked her, you know, really deep questions about it, but she, it just works really, really well for her. And she has the mind to do that. The way she works is amazing. Um, I don't even, I don't think she teaches this, but there are absolutely people that can run really wonderful associate studios. Um, and we, we were very successful with our associate studio. Um, it just became something that, wasn't, there are a lot of skills that I needed to have and I had to learn that I just did not enjoy. Um, and and that's the great thing about being your own boss is if it's not working for you anymore, yes, yes. Yeah. So that kind of leads into my next question then, or, you know, topic is that you just said there's bunch of stuff you're learning. You just kind of mm-hmm. weren't there yet. So I know that you decided to shut down 
that yep. associates you. So can you talk a little bit about how really how you came to that decision? Mm-hmm. Who was involved with that decision and just how that looked? Cause I feel like that is also something where we could be having somebody listening and watching and maybe they're in the same situation where mm-hmm. they're like, you know, I, I don't, this isn't what I want anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're trying to weigh those pros and cons and figure out if they really do want to pivot and do something different. So can you talk yeah. a little bit about how you, ca- how you came to that decision and, and everything you were feeling about that too? Yeah. Um, so really the, the decision that I had to make was, did I want to be a photographer anymore? So it, you know, our associate studio was doing really well um, at the time. I was doing some weddings and I had had my son a couple years ago. And that that right there was a huge pivot for me. So I missed when he was one, two, three. I missed so many events on the week, you know, birthday parties, mm-hmm. Um he was in preschool all the time. And I missed a lot of that part of life because then we had the weekends and I was gone, you know, until midnight and then I would come home. So that was really difficult. And at that time, Peter had started another job that he really loved and turned to because photography was never his thing, even though we ran our photography studio together. So that was really the part where I was making the decision, okay, do I still like, is this bringing me joy? Is this, um, am I actually helping our associates? What, what is going on? And for me, I felt like if I were to stop, I would be giving up. And, and this is being, uh, going like deep, which I, I think a lot about these deeps, like wise, like I think mm-hmm. about this stuff and I believe so much of my identity was wrapped up in being a photographer and a wedding. Like I was in a lot of ways, it was like Whitney of dove wedding photography. Like that's kind of who I was. And even still, you know, I, my family, Oh, this is Whitney. She's a photographer. So this was my identity and I had taken it on and people had given it to me. So I thought if I stop this, I'm not going to be real. I won't be respected in the, you know, I'll be seen as somebody giving, giving up. And you hear that, you hear that. And, you know, you go look at comments on people that pivot, like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're not doing photography anymore. They're just a cop out. Um, Absolutely hate that way of thinking. You, photography can be a part of you, but it should not be your full identity. Um, So I will say that I should have stopped photography years before, not let myself get to that point where I just was miserable and I didn't actually enjoy what I was doing. Um, And really, so when it comes, when it comes down to how did I make that decision? My husband got a job in Minneapolis and we had to move. (laughs) Oh, well, there we go. (laughs) So that was, that is like the, that made the decision for me. But when I did that, I said, okay, this is it. I do not want to start over. I do, you know, and I said, I am sick of running my own business. I'm sick of managing people. I want an office job where I don't have to think Mm -hmm. (laughs) and fill out stuff. And I, 
could go into a whole thing about like pivoting to an office job like that. However, I realized um, I actually ended up starting working for Swift because I told Chris, I said, oh, I just want something I don't have to think. I just need to, I want to be someone's assistant. And that's what I started off doing with Swift Galleries. And my mind is not made to do that stuff. So <laughs> we would start like brainstorming and I'd have, cre you know, creative ideas and we would collaborate and talk. And so now, you know, then I kind of have taken on more of a creative sort of role within Swift Galleries. So that's wow. just, you know, yeah. I, I, I know now too, like going back to just being someone's assistant, I... I'm not going to be able to do that. I just love making things and doing stuff on my own <laughs> too much. <laughs> That's really big. So, so yeah. basically, so for everybody out there who's listening and watching, um, Chris from Swift Galleries, we all, we all know him. <laughs> We're all connected yes. to him. So what I'm wondering then, Whitney, is it that had you talked to Chris about your move and where you were at and then you kind of started going with this or was it that like how did how did you and Chris even start talking about the possibility of you working with him and Adrian and Cyrus for Swift it was it was the most random um they had just so Chris and Adrian sold all their stuff they're in a camper traveling we hadn't seen them in so long because they had moved to Colorado before and they were coming through. I had at one point when I knew they were traveling, I said, there's this great place, Grand Marais, Minnesota, which you guys, Grand Marais, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> Beautiful, best place on the shores of Lake Superior. They said, okay. And it just so happened we planned a trip at the same time. Well, let's meet up and hang out. We haven't seen each other in forever. We're like hanging out. And I'm like, oh, just randomly. Uh, I'm just looking for a job where I really don't have to, you know, think too much. And this was around COVID. And so I had had an office job that had stopped. Um, and that was, I just mentioned it. It was literally like that. And then I get, you know, in the conversations, he's like, well, have you thought of working with us? Oh, maybe. And then a couple of weeks later, we're having conversations and here I am. Man. <laughs> so, um, yes. And I will, I will say, uh, you know, so, I am in a position where I do work with Chris, but he also is like, you know, my man, you know, I was like an employee for him and um, he is absolutely was like, great. I mean, still is like, I love collaborating him, everything you want, like, and somebody to work with. So I know I was just going off on <laughs> all the hard stuff. I'm not talking about Chris. Uh, that makes sense. That's, um, yep, yeah, yep, it's, it's, yep. I find it fascinating too, where, you know, when you, when you do decide that you need to pivot, cause I think all of us have pivoted <laughs> with what we've done. Um, and I do find it fascinating. Cause like you said, so much of your identity is pulled into who, what, what you were doing and who mm -hmm. you were. Um, and it does make you question a lot of, of things about yourself and where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of the reason photographers pivot is because it's just, you know, you go into it kind of expecting one thing because you've taken classes and it's fun to be creative. And then all of a sudden when you're doing it as a business, it's just different. It shifts. Mm -hmm. You're not just being creative for yourself. You're having to be creative for somebody else and yes. produce work that somebody else likes. Yes. Um, 
And I think that that can pull away some of our creativity because at least personally speaking, I'm not maybe going to try some things creatively if I feel like the client is not going to be into it. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of snowballs that effect. So I'm wondering for you, Whitney, since you were like, you know what? (laughs) Don't want to do this. Just want an office job. What brought back that spark? Because I know that now you are taking photos, but it's not, Mm -hmm. you're not like taking photos for clients. So what brought back that spark and that desire to create again with photography? Um, so I did not want to touch a camera for maybe six months. It felt like forever, like no desire moving to Minneapolis. I'm in this brand new place. The scenery I've never seen, like the landscape is so different. The uh, culture is so different here than like Nashville. And I sold all my Canon gear and I bought a um, micro four thirds Olympus camera that I could just stick in my pocket. And I would just go explore these new places in the city and in Grand Marais. We, we go there <laughs> every year um, and would just take photos of things that I thought were pretty. I, that was, that was basically it. If this is pretty, I'm going to take a photo of it. I wasn't trying to impress anyone. I didn't have some big project in mind. I just let myself enjoy looking at the world around me and taking images of it. And that absolutely helped bring back that spark. I didn't, I didn't even post I would post some, I didn't post everything. I didn't have a plan. And, um, Eventually, I ended up, and this was really a fun project for me. It wasn't like a whole business, but I created this advent calendar that I ended up selling on Etsy that was made up of photographic prints. And I went through all this. I have this huge catalog of this work that I just enjoy myself, and I created this advent calendar I did, right. I just did something really, really creative and different. And I sold it on Etsy for Christmas and actually for what it was, it did really well. And so I just did something that came from my my own mind. I wasn't following instructions. I didn't, I wasn't copying anybody. I wasn't trying to pose anyone. Um, and that really, I guess was like very healing for me more than anything, more than, than making money. And, um, I think, you know, I think that if I had been doing that while I was photographing clients, I would not have gotten to the point that I was at. And I, for the last maybe six years of doing wedding photography, I never did anything for myself ever. I just, it was all work. I was always like, okay, I need to do X, Y, Z. I would feel guilty taking time for myself. I did not do anything at all. And I think it's so important as photographers, and I love to encourage photographers, and I want to encourage you if you're listening to this, take some time to do photographs for yourself. You do not have to print them. You just, the act of walking around, looking at things, seeing what you like, not thinking about what someone else likes, not worrying about 
um, if it's going to make you money and just doing it for yourself, it, it's such a big, it does, it makes such a big difference. And I think it can keep you from burning out. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that you've always, before your business, during your business, after your business, you've always been artistic and creative and wanted to be around people and, you know, just uplifting and all of that. And the, the things that I think set some photographers apart, you know, everybody could have the same camera and, you yeah. know, take similar pictures. But I think there are so many things about you that would, that set you apart from other people in the area. But those things got overshadowed by all of the business side of things mm -hmm. and all of the hard stuff. And that's mm -hmm. what I love about this podcast is the yep. whole point of this is for us to say, this didn't work. So this is what I would do different. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll talk about, you know, we'll fill the newsletter with, um, productivity things and tips about outsourcing and whatever it is that we can tips to take time for yourself and, and yeah. love the art again yep. so that hopefully our listeners don't get to the point of wanting to pivot out of it. Or if they are at that point that they could find a love for it again, whether they continue on in business or whether they just continue mm -hmm. taking photos personally. Yeah. Um, we just want people to love photography and have it yeah. you know, work for them in their lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. I like 100% agree that, I mean, that's what, um, that's what I want to see people do. And I think, you know, I sound very, I sound very negative about associates and, um, I don't want to come across like that because there were some absolutely amazing things that were able to happen. And I had some great connections and made some great friendships. Um, my, you know, my sister actually was, she's a, she's a teacher in Georgia and she was an associate of ours for a while. And I would even get to go down, fly down to Georgia and shoot with her. And it was so great. Oh, that's fun. Um, and I, doing what I did, I learned, I did a lot of things right with associates and I learned a lot, but it did not align with who I am. Mm -hmm. It was, I was doing it. Um, eventually I was doing it because of expectations that I had set on me, set, set on by other people, um, that I set on myself and it wasn't, me and I was just kind of trying to conform in a way I think is uh, one way to think of it. And so if you're listening to this, what I hope you take away from it is that you can pivot how you want and what feels right to you. You do not have to do what every other photographer on Instagram is doing. You do not have to chase after XYZ clients. You can have a business that aligns with what you're good at, that aligns with where your heart is, and you can be profitable with that. You can absolutely be profitable with that. You do not have to um, build something gigantic to, to do that. So I just, it's very easy for us to let self-doubt in our own ideas and um, kind of 
striving to make things perfect all the time for everyone and that we lose sight of, of who we are. Yeah. And that's no good for anybody. No, it's not good it's for not. you. No. It's not good for anybody else. And yeah. if you have to, if you decide running a photography business is not right for you, you just want to do it as a hobby. Do not feel shame in that. You are still a photographer. Mm -hmm. You are still a photographer. You do not need credentials to call yourself a photographer. I love that. I love that a lot. So really, if you were to do things over again, knowing what you know now, like what are one or two things that mm -hmm. where maybe you would have changed earlier, something you would have done instead? I think people would be very curious to hear <laughs> given all that you've gone through and where you are now and how you were feeling during that time what would you do different? So if where I am now, I would do a lot more collaborative projects where I would work with other photographers with their own business to do something unique apps like this, like the edit. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, you know, for me right now, even this fulfills this like collaboration on creating something, whatever that is. So I would, focus more of my energy on that rather than trying to build a studio with employees and everything. Um, I would have part of why, it, you know, of course, money always comes into it. We're business, we're businesses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, I'm not just like, Oh, let's just whatever. And not think about money. Absolutely. Money comes into it. I would have worked harder on getting my processes in place to, make consistent uh, in-person sales. And this is my like Swift galleries sort of spiel, but it's absolutely what I would have done. I always did in-person sales and sometimes we'd have great sales, sometimes nothing. <laughs> and it yeah. was because I did not have a really good system in place that I focused, you know, really focused to learn learn it best. And I would have done that because I could have actually increased my revenue so much just by taking all that energy and making something bigger rather than like just really focusing on the clients that I did have. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be, that would be a huge thing I would do. Um, and then I would absolutely keep making sure that I had time to pursue my art, uh, whether it's photography or even something else that I do for myself, that would have been, that would be a priority. And even now that is, I do make that a priority now. So that's awesome. We've been able to do that. That's really yeah. cool. So like at this point now, what does a typical day look like for you? For me. <laughs> yeah. Well, like where you've shifted and where you're at now, like what is a typical day? Cause I know that, you know, you've mentioned that you work with Chris and Adrian, mm -hmm. um, and Cyrus too. Never want to forget yes. him over at Swift Galleries. <laughs> yes. He does so much. So yeah. What, where, where are you at now with your business? What do you, what do you do? Yeah. What does a typical day look like for you? So I, right now with Swift Galleries, I'm doing a lot of content, um, working on Instagram. That's, uh, I'm really focusing in on doing consistent, um, social media. So that's kind of, uh, my goal and I'm getting there. I've, uh, <laughs> I'm somebody that has a million ideas and it's very hard for me to focus on one. 
So <laughs> that, and that is what I liked about doing weddings and why I just did, it just helped me like, okay, this is it. This is the one thing. Um, and then in terms of art, art making, I am just simply exploring different avenues for myself. Um, I do still do photography. I still do some sessions. It's very hard. Even when you move, it's kind of hard <laughs> People find out you're a photographer. It's hard, like, not to kind of carry that around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I find I even still photograph some weddings even after I moved. Like, I flew back to Nashville. So I find, and I, I still remember there was somebody that had, like, messaged me about a wedding. And I actually had to say no. And I felt really weird. Um <laughs> So I, you know, I still get to do some of that, but I'm still in a, you know, most of my work right now is um, with Swift Galleries and creating different business ideas. With Swift Galleries, I get to talk to a lot of photographers and kind of see where they're at, what they're working on in their business, um, and try to help them brainstorm and figure out kind of maybe where they should focus, what they can do. Um, I help teach them to do in-person sales because we have just such an incredible process. And that is, I love it. I love photographers. I love, they're so creative. And I um, just talked with a photographer yesterday, actually Marco'd the two of you about him, somebody that's been in the business for um, close to 50 years, maybe 30 years. I don't know. A long time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and you know, it was just fascinating hearing where he is now, where he's been, what he's working on. Um, and, you know, he just like, I love talking to him because he has, the, he bought one of the very first digital cameras that cost 30 grand. And I just can't even imagine. Oh my gosh. But that got him a gig that he has had for the past 30 years. He works one day a year makes eight grand. <laughs> I love it. Like Look. for this one gig because he had that camera. So I'm sure there's a lesson in there, you know, maybe <laughs> somewhere. Just buy the buy biggest and best and don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> right. There you go. So yeah. Um but I it helps me, you know, that's how I like I know a lot about what's I still and I keep up with what's going on in the photography industry and what's going on, like what's working in marketing, what's working for photographers. Um what are the labs up to? So I, you know, kind of have this wealth of knowledge of kind of where everything's at. And I yeah. hope I can like <laughs> be helpful when I'm sharing this stuff that I'm learning from, from all of you that I get to talk to. No, it's all already Right. Exactly. Oh, I was going to say, Aaron, like we, <laughs> I feel like Aaron and I, yeah, Aaron and I learned so much. I feel like AI, like Whitney, you basically came to the table <laughs> with I like yeah the the AI at least the first part of the AI episodes has has aired at this point in time uh the newsletter went out this week and like Aaron and I I know we learned so much about okay. AI um so yes I love it um but this has been awesome Whitney I hope yes. that everybody was able to just really soak in what you had to say about especially the part about doing things for yourself I feel like mm -hmm. that is where we all tend to struggle um because it is, it's just so hard when you're running a business to, I think, mm -hmm. carve out that time and create it for yourself. But obviously very important to remember what got us all to where we mm -hmm. are. Our creative side needs to be nourished and taken care of. And I think we neglect it. 
more than, you know, we think we do mm-hmm. when we're not, you know, consciously and, and setting consciously working on it and setting time apart to like yeah. actually get it done. So Thank you everybody for tuning in. Really hope that you enjoyed our interview with Whitney. Um, Aaron's interview is going to probably be next at some point, right? Aaron? Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so fun. So make sure you subscribe to the edit weekly, our weekly newsletter where we share so much information about different parts of owning a photography business and talking with awesome photographers who have so much to share and just wealth of knowledge for everybody. So you can go to theeditweekly.com, sign up for that. You can also go to our Instagram account, The Edit Weekly, and check us out on there as well. And we can't wait to see you next week with a new newsletter issue and a new podcast episode. So we'll see you then. Bye. 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 And done. <laughs> I forgot to bring my...